to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 104, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we reach into the mailbag to answer a question, Continue with our BGG Top 100 Games of All Time and review Boone Lake. Hey, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Ooh. All right. Speaking about the the hot things in the board game community, Clef, you were all over people's lips uh, or fingers typing <laughs> this week. Oh, boy. I have to do like the, the, the social medias and stuff. And oh, man, it was entertaining. Hey, I, I tagged you on a few of those. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm getting some uh, I'm getting some flack here for saying that Ark Nova is about the same weight as uh, I wonder why. I wonder, yeah. Why would that be? You, you know what, though? What's so funny about that? Uh, at least people are listening. That's a good thing. Yeah, that yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, well, maybe not anymore. Maybe they're like, I'm, I'm out of here. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> there was somebody, Richie, there was somebody who was like, I, I can't can't trust any reviewer who has who has arc nova and wingspan in the same sentence it was so great it was just really great i loved it. i mean they're not far off no they're not they're not they're not but uh and then they said and then somebody said pax premier is a light game yeah. too so who was that yeah uh we well, i was just trolling at I, that point. yeah i think there's a little bit of that we should yeah, say in jest yes. because We're, we are jesting arc nova is definitely heavier than wingspan and no, we also I mean, come on I, I mean, as somebody personally who likes Ark Nova quite a bit, uh, Clef was Clef was trying to get my goat, and he's not being gatekeeper-ish. Uh, you know, he, no. so we, you we play are, what you are, love to play. Yeah, we're playing around, and, uh, you know, and for the people who think I don't love Euros anymore, that's not true. No. I love But you Euros. just like interaction in your Euros I just like now. interaction. And in I Euros, think that's yeah. an important distinction. For Clef, you know, yeah. if it doesn't have a, a, a interaction – it's something he doesn't like as much, but that doesn't mean that you can't like it or that it's bad to like Absolutely it. Absolutely, no. And as I've said, I think Ark Nova is a very, very good game. It's just not for me. It just doesn't have the oh, interaction yeah, yeah, yeah. that right. I'm looking for in it. But by all means, I mean, I think somebody texted me today saying it's it's already number 33 on board games top 100 that and i'm telling you how much people like it everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't have this in wide wide release yet you know i'm like i still don't have my copy people are getting allocated i talked to uh i talked to a friend um at one of the uh game stores in town they like they were supposed to get a bunch and they're getting like one or two you know it's just ridiculous uh i've got like four or five people that have already tried to claim my copy and i'm like i'm not selling it yet all right yeah yeah I mean, well, I, might, my, my, I might keep it. I don't know. My so, wife uh, is totally down to play that game. And when, you know, there's a game that has as much going on as that and she wants to play it, that's great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, excited. honestly, now's the time to sell it, Clef. I, I'm not <laughs> selling no it. No one can get it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not selling it. I'm going to play it with the wife, see what the wife thinks All of right. it. I mean, I, I, it's not, I'm not selling it. Hey, <laughs> you know what else was great? Elizabeth Hardgrave, uh, who designed Wingspan, on Twitter, she tagged Mandy Patinkin. Now, you're supposedly a musical theater buff. Do you know who Mandy Patinkin is? Uh, that is, uh, my name is Amiga Montoya. 
Well, close. Uh, you got the last name right. But yeah, Inigo. Yeah. Inigo Montoya. Yeah. But yes, uh, he was also Sunday in the Park with George. He's a very famous musical theater person. Yeah. But he had a video uh, trying to learn wingspan. And he was collapsing in giggles and was like so frustrated <laughs> and stuff. And so she's like, you know, she posted his video and said, so for people that call this a gateway game, just recognize you know what's going on here and my my mother-in-law she said i hated this game after the first play i thought all those cards all the text there was too much too stuff much. going on but then she played it a bunch and now she likes it and she played a bunch of stuff she loves they love seven wonders duel they love gone clever they love you know a lot of different games that i've given them to play but uh that one was a lot of text a lot of reading so what you're really saying is wingspan is heavier than arc nova <laughs> <laughs> yes hopefully people exactly, don't yeah, exactly. sound bite me like they do like you know uh, yeah. like they, they interview a celebrity or an athlete you know and they'll, they'll write like the little small thing uh just kidding people huh? well okay i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about some light games or lighter games that i have been having fun with with my family if excellent you don't mind. yes yeah. what do you got so you know our friend uh david short the designer of uh Ground Floor Absolutely. and uh, Automobiles, I think, is his other one that's pretty big, the cube bag builder thing. Yeah. Uh, he designed a, a, a simple card game called Dog Lover. And this is from AEG, and my family is nuts over it. We have played it like four times in the past, like three or four days. Wow. They love it. It is a card drafting game where you are drafting uh, dogs out of this nine card grid. But you have a card that has, a, it's a trick. And everybody starts with a card that has a trick that is a basic trick. Or if you flip it over to play the advanced game, it's a more complicated trick. And that trick is a shape that basically like it's a sit or a lay or something like that. And then you are matching it to the grid. And then you get to take those cards that are in that shape of the trick. Okay. But it also has a little asterisk on it where you set the watchdog down around the grid. And that means that anybody else who is now going to draft after that cannot take any of the cards in the line where the watchdog is. Okay. So there's a little bit of hate drafting there to prevent people from getting certain dogs that they want. But you're you're drafting dogs, you're drafting food to feed those dogs, and the dogs need like dry bits or kibble or you know, uh, canned food, different stuff like that. Then there's adoption papers. If you get two adoption papers, you get to uh, take a dog from the rescue board. And the rescue dogs have certain abilities that are worth more points at the end of the game. You also have uh, things like teacher's pet or dirt monster or things like that that you can pair up with your dog that give you certain abilities. You can tuck cards, of course, just kind of like wingspan where you're getting more points. There's set collection where you can collect like a ball and a leash and a these these kinds of things. And if you keep them in your hand at the end, you'll able you're able to score points. And uh, it's great. It's just a, a fun little game that's pretty snappy. It's about thirty minutes and it plays two to four. And my family just loves it because you know there there's a. There's a uh, there's one dog that has no back legs or he can't use his back legs. He has a little cart and his name is Mario Andre Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a Muttley crew. And, you know, so there's plenty of really cute dogs and fun stories. And so, you know, they've been having a great time with it. Somebody said it's a lot like Cat Lover, which is also from AEG. But I think it has it looked to me like it has a little bit more going on and a little a tad more planning involved and possibly a little bit more. you know, kind of keeping your 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 opponents from getting certain cards in the, in, in that way of the drafting. So that's one thing that I've been doing, and then also okay. yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very very fun little game. So if you like dogs at all, 
this is definitely for you because it's right. it's a, there's a love of a theme there. Okay. The great thing is too, if there's a tiebreaker, it's the person who uh, who drafted the most rescue dogs, which I think is very sweet. Oh. Also, you guys will be extremely happy and excited to know that uh, I've just I've gotten bit by the Fantasy Flight LCG bug, and I went in for the Lord of the Rings revised core set. I've had 12 games of this solo. <laughs> Thank goodness I was, I was worried. really worried yeah. one of us wouldn't buy it. Well, that. I wouldn't buy it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to sleep better tonight, Richie. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this game came out in like 2011 or 2012, and they just printed out a revised set so that in one box you can get up to four players and have a full set of the cards rather than the model of buying two of the core sets that you used to have to do and i really like this game i really like it i bought all the starter packs that they re-released to like the dwarves and the elves and the hmm. the gondor the gondorians and the rohan riders and and this is co-op right yeah it is yeah, yeah it, it okay. is very much a lot like marvel champions but what i will say is not only in marvel champions the decks are thematic but there's not much of a story you know it's like stop this villain beat him up that's it um, this feels like you're playing little stories from the movie. So for example, what you're trying to do is get your deck out and you're, you're, you've got threat that's increasing every round. And if your threat hits 50, you lose the game. If you lose all three of your heroes, you lose the game. You have three heroes in a deck and then allies and events and stuff that you're trying to get out. And then there's the, the bat, you know, the sort of the, uh, the bad deck that the story it's that's churning out enemies or things that happen every day, every turn. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to keep your threat down, you're trying to keep the enemies from from hurting you, and you're going questing. So you're trying to uh, kind of, certain characters are good at questing and getting the threshold down like that, and you're, you're basically exploring these locations as they come up, and then you're flipping over the card to kind of further the story. So one of the stories is called Journey Down the Anduin River, and basically you're, you start out with this huge hill troll that all of a sudden you have to beat this guy before you can do anything else. And then if you beat him, you're getting on the raft, going down the river, kind of like in, in the movie. And what happens is enemies keep coming out, but they're not able to attack you because you're just exploring going down the river. So it kind of changes the game all of a sudden where they're running along the bank, kind of chasing you. And then when you beat that part, then all of a sudden they bum rush the bank as you come to the river and then you've got all these enemies to fight. And it's just, it's just a nice little thematic game. And the reason I played it so much is I, I play like you know, for 30 minutes before I go to bed every night and it, it just try a different deck. So like the dwarves, they're miners. And the, basically what they're doing is they're mining and you discard certain cards through your deck. And once you discard a card, it gives you an ability maybe. And, uh, you know, the Rohan riders are cavalry. And so they surge forward really quick and then back off from the enemy before they can get hit. And it's just, it's, it's fun and interesting and I really enjoy it. And I enjoy, if you enjoy Marvel champions, you'll probably enjoy this. If you like Lord of the Rings, cause there's a lot of similarities, but to me, more story, this falls in between Arkham horror and uh, Marvel champions where it doesn't have quite as much story as Arkham horror, but it also does, isn't quite as swingy with the pulling the chits out of the bag. Hmm. Now, is this a solo only or is this like a cooperative? Or? No, it's one to four. I okay. would say it's great solo, uh, but there are some decks that are made to be played kind of. And you can this is fully where Marvel Champions is kind of like take an aspect and kind of 
pair it with a, a hero and make your deck. This is like fully whatever you want to do. Here's a bunch of cards or here's a, a starter deck to play with. So you can kind of start an adventure and say, oh, this really needs these kind of cards in it. And so there's deck building outside of the game that you can do kind of you know, kind of like magic, but not quite as complicated, obviously. Sure. But uh, I think it plays best at that one to two, probably. Otherwise, you, you it goes for quite a while. Gotcha. Nice. So, yeah, I've been having fun with those. All right. What cool. about you, gentlemen? I got in a play a couple of weeks ago of a game that was kind of hyped on our Slack. Uh, somebody said, hey, this game, uh, you know, is really good and it's kind of out of print. And so I decided to track down a copy because, you know me, I mean, I'm always up for uh, you know, kind of an out-of-print game here. I would like to play it. And uh, so this is called Formosa T. Um, it is uh, published by TMG. Oh, that's you right. that company? Yeah, the, yeah. These big board games? Um, so it's a beautiful. I mean, the, the production is very, very nice. Uh, lots, of, lots of good bits and just nice-looking cards and everything. Um, and this is about the production of tea. Um, which I really didn't know as much as I now know about making tea. So that's, it was kind of a cool, uh, learning experience for me besides, uh, you know, the game that I played. Um, and, and yeah. I played this with you and yeah. I kept, I mean, we kept having to talk to you back cause you were like, when do I feed it to the cat and they poop it out? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> going, that's coffee clef. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so as far as the game goes, um, this is a Euro game. I mean, through and through, uh, you basically on your turn, you've got five different actions that you can take. Uh, one is going to be collecting some of the different colored cubes, uh, you know, the tea cubes. One is kind of going to uh, take these tea cubes and try to kind of and produce them. And you want to have it's interesting because when you do produce them, you kind of want them. Sometimes you want them to be wet because then, uh, or, you know, have some water in them so you can use some different abilities to help dry them. But eventually you want to try to have them as dry as possible because then they become an excellent tea or something like that, as opposed to just an average tea. Or if it's really wet, then it's like a bad tea. Um, and then that point, after you kind of produce those things, then you have a couple of options. You can either go do these uh, cards that are contracts, or you can try to get the, the tea scented and then try to kind of... Uh, sell scented tea to like a local market type of thing too, which I think you can sell regular tea to the local market too. Um, really, honestly, this is a fairly straightforward game. I mean, you literally are just kind of, you know, most of the time you're going to be either collecting these cubes or producing the, the tea. And then once you have enough, you're fulfilling contracts. Um, I know we all kind of went uh, like, I, I kind of went down trying to do this, try to do the scented path of these and, which didn't seem to work very well. And I know we were playing with Joe Farrell and he just pounded those contracts and kind of just crushed us or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm going to say average game is about what I would say. I mean, for, for my level, I was hoping it would have a little bit more player interaction than it does. Yeah, I would say the worker placement spots had a little bit of interaction and you could take somebody's contract sometimes, but there was a lot there were a lot of contracts to choose from. Yeah. So that that was usually okay. There were some times where I I was foiled at the last minute, yeah. you know, from taking something. And but. there was a lot, I mean, there's still plenty of uh whatever you want to call them, the little flower things that you could, you know, where the tea was. It wasn't like I was ever like, "Oh man, I hope somebody doesn't grab my tea that I really want." Um, I don't know. I wish you know, and obviously this would change the game, but I almost wish that there was some sort of a 
auction type of thing for getting to go to different plots, maybe that are better or, you know, that have less water in them. I don't, I don't know. I, I think for me, it was just a little bit too on the light side with not a lot of player interaction. I wouldn't say, I think it's a, a decent game. Um, I think I, I mean, I, I think I would like to play it maybe one more time just now that I kind of understand it and know it, which I probably better do quickly. Cause uh, you know, otherwise I'll forget it. But um, <laughs> I, you know, but I, I don't think that this one's going to have very much staying power for me, you know? Uh, yeah. I think, I think really the, the thing about it is if you are, if you really like tea, you know, just the same way, uh, almost in the same way that, that my, I talked about playing distilled with my friend who was yeah. thrilled about the subject matter. I think this one is if, if you really like tea and you're interested in tea, there's a lot of sort of a love letter to tea in this game. Uh, it, the thing about it is it doesn't do anything that it, that really stands out mechanism right. wise. And so in that respect, if you have a lot of games, it's not going to present itself, but if you really like tea, then maybe this is one for you to look at. So that uh, was uh, Formosa T from uh, TMG Games. So, Richie, what have you uh, been playing? Yeah, so after uh, last episode, I got contacted by Ryan Espen, uh, one of our patrons and also one of the hosts of Tabletop Express. And he contacted me because I had talked about the mirroring of Mary King as ah. one of my anticipated games. And he said, hey, I'm actually playtesting this. And if you want to get in, I can get you in. Right. Uh, yeah. so I love I, the Olsen twins. Keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was uh, pumped to try it out. And we did it over Tabletop Simulator. And the, the designer, uh, Jim Felly, was on there with us. And he basically he had us read the rule book. And then we just played. He just wanted to see, you know, how we understood the rule book. Ah, if the rule cool. book made sense, sense and stuff that's, like that. That's a good thing. I like that. Uh, and it, it, it's a stri- very straightforward rule book. So in the game... One of you will be the mortal Mary, and then the other is her ancestor ghost that's trying to take over her body. Okay? <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, so the way the game uh, is set up is that in the middle of the table, you'll have a portrait of Mary, and it's a four by three portrait, and some of the tiles are flipped to the ghost side, Okay. and then the other are just her normal mortal picture. Okay. Uh, and the whole goal of the game is either to force the other person, because you, uh, you both have 30-card decks, which are c- called your mind, and it's either to force them to run out their mind completely. You, that's one way that you can lose. Or if you just flip all these tiles to your side, you can also win that way. So this is a 1v1. Yeah, it's okay. a two-player game. Okay. Uh, so the way that it plays out is that there's five rounds. Uh, and in this case, it's just like a, a work week. So Monday through Friday. And at, on Monday, and the ghost always takes the first turn. But on Monday, you have the ability to play five control cards. You can play as many power cards as you want, but the control cards are the main cards that you're going to be playing. And if you think of code names, like the the grid on code names that it shows, you know, what... Yeah. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, so the control cards will show you what tiles you can flip over. They'll have anywhere from one of them highlighted, like on the grid, one of them highlighted to, you know, up to three. I don't think there's any that do like four or anything like that. And you have to flip all of them. So even if it is your side, you still have to flip it over. Uh, so those are the control cards. And at the beginning of the week, you can play five of them. And as the week goes on, uh, and Jim was talking about the, the the theme of the game, is that it's it would be hard to fight off a ghost, you know, trying to take over your body. And it's also very difficult to try to take over a mortal's body. So as the game goes on, you get to play less and less of those control cards because you're less in control of it. Uh, that's the, the thematic reasons, but okay. <laughs> so you can play 
the number of control cards based on the day of the week. And then you can also buy cards from your uh, your ideas. So next to the board, each player will have three decks of four cards. And at the beginning of your turn, you're going to flip over new ideas out of those cards or out of those decks. And those are just powerful cards that are some of them are unique to you, uh, but they're available for both players to buy. Even as the if Clef is the ghost player, he could still buy my ideas cards, which some of them are control cards. Some of them are power cards, which are strong cards that will allow you to do basically like essentially break the rules or do very powerful actions. Uh, so it's one of those things where uh, you, in, in order to buy them, you have to discard cards out of your mind, which obviously that's one of the ways that you can lose the game. So you can't just go buy all the cards, but there are certain cards that you don't want to leave up there because your opponent's going to go and they'll buy that card and use it, uh, or they'll just buy it and, and ditch it so that you can't get a hold of it. So you're going to play your cards, buy your cards, and then you'll declare your turn over. And when your turn is over, you're going to assess what they call an area penalty, area control penalty. So based on how many tiles you control that are orthogonally adjacent, your opponent will have to discard cards. Uh, the most that they, they would have to discard is three cards. Like if you controlled eight tiles that are orthogonally connected, then they have to discard uh, three cards out of their mind just off the top and then the other player goes and you go back and forth until either like i said you run out the other player's mind or you flip all the tiles to your side uh, if it comes down to it when you get to the end of the week and the game just ends and no one has done either of those two things uh, then you will check your your areas of control and depending on how many you control you'll get points and then highest points wins at that point uh, but it's, it's a slick little two-player game Cool. I really enjoyed it. Nice. It's so still ain't high up on my anticipated. Cool. That's awesome. So now you've played it and you're still anticipating yeah. it. That's great. So and that's by Jim Felly, who did Cosmic Frog, which you really yeah, like. Devious and I Weasel. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and he he gave us a little information. It's going to be, I think he said, the retail like the MSRP price will probably be at like twenty nine bucks at the high end, like twenty five to twenty nine bucks at the high end. So I mean, when it comes to retail, obviously it's going to be a little bit cheaper than that. And you're going to mm -hmm. get. Uh, just like if you've played Cosmic Frog or if you own Cosmic Frog, you know how it, it came with a, a nice neoprene mat. Same deal with this. So we'll have the neoprene mat in there. Wow. Clef. Nice wow. tile or nice uh, thick cardboard tiles for the Man. the display. So, nice. Well, yeah, so well, I'm excited. Well, tell me, uh, it's hard after one play where you kind of read through the rules, but what's your sense of how long this will play once you are kind of familiar with the game? Oh, like 30 minutes. It's like a 30 okay. to like maybe 45 at the at nice. the high end cool but yeah it will play quick especially and it's nice the because the power cards that you can play you can really kind of you, you can get some combos going so once you actually know your deck and know both decks it it's one of those games that as you play it more it's going to play faster and you'll be able to do more interesting things just because you know the different cards that are in the deck mm. which is nice great wow. little uh great yeah. little, little theme there i yeah. think it'll be fun to pull out with friends yeah no i think it'll be great and then uh there are it's optional now because I think he said originally it was baked in to where the ghost had a special power and Mary uh, had a special power, but that is now optional, but it's still in there. So you can still play with them, which is interesting. And we did play one game with those powers and it's the, the mechanism that I like on it is that, so there's four little circular chits in the middle that two of them have, Mary's face on it and two of them have the ghost face on it. And if you use your power, you have to flip one of yours to your opponent's side. And now your opponent has more options to use their power. 
if that makes Ooh, sense. Okay. okay. Oh, interesting. So I like that. So even yeah. you know, even though you you know whatever, you use your special power, but now you're giving your opponent more, more chances, to yeah, to use I their like special that. power. That's so. real really So yeah, and then yeah. obviously if you flip them all to your opponent's side, they could just sit on it and not yeah. allow you to use your special power, Ooh, which was cool. I like. So that. I did I like, like that. that mechanism, and I like that it's still cool. an option within the game. So. Very good. So what is the name of that one again? The Mirroring of Mary King, and he's hoping to have some at Gen Con. Cool. Is the expected release all so. right well I got, I got one more sure yeah i gotta I, got I mean you got i mean chad you got a couple games that you really enjoyed and mm -hmm. richie sounds like you really enjoyed yours and i had formosa tea which uh, you know well i got another play in of all right. a game. all right mm -hmm. and this one is called planet unknown okay all, all right. right have you guys heard of this one it's it's kind of hot I have right now no i i, I can't just, say that i have it just got delivered kickstarter just uh you know start uh, you know people are starting to get it and um i know that there were copies available at some cons so i know a friend of mine played a, quite a bit of it at a con and she got this game and she was super excited and she kind of came over and she's like hey we got to play this game and uh, we were in the middle of Age of Steam, and of course we said, "Okay, well, we're going to finish Age of Steam, obviously." You know, sure. Well, no, it, it, Southern tell China. Again. That it. is okay. not the way I heard <laughs> yeah. that that she. You she, want the actual? Yeah, you know? yeah. Please tell uh, how that how things yeah, happen. She went through my wife saying, <laughs> "Hey, can I come over and play this game?" <laughs> you know. So then my wife's like, uh, "Yeah, we're going to all play this game." So and I was like, "Okay, honey." <laughs> you can't say um, no if the wife wants to play a game. That's exactly. Right. No, Absolutely. not at all. I always enjoy playing with my wife. So, um, so this is a, the, the game is a tile laying game and really, I mean, that's its main function. And you basically, um, are looking each, you have uh, these, uh, mats that have a planet on them that have little, you know, hex grids on them. And on your turn, you get to spin the, uh, it comes in this really cool, uh, circular, Thing that has different sections in them that have different shapes and of, of tiles, right? So on your turn, you get to pick which one of the tiles you want the shape of and, and what stuff's on it. And then everybody else who's it's not turn, they just have to pick from whatever is in front of them. And then obviously as you go around, everybody will have a turn to pick their particular tile. You'll draft the tile, you place it on your board. There's different little things like that when you place it, you may get, but what you'll always get is you get to move up these certain tracks. So there's just like, I think there's five different tracks. And I think, uh, so you, you just, when you place these things, like you might move up your, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be terrible at the names of these things. I apologize. I've just played it the once, but science track and a, and a water track and, you know, and, they, and each one of these tracks then will trigger other things, you know, so that it's, it's kind of like, Oh, now you got to move up a different track. If you've moved up so far on this track and it will give you that, or maybe it will give you some bonus points or, you know, different things like that. And then, each, uh, you can play it where everybody just plays the same planet and everything's no special powers or whatever. But then you can also play with uh, each each person having different planets that have then different special powers. And of course, we all played with different special powers of, of uh, what, you know, so each person had something kind of different that they could do tech-wise or whatever. So, uh, so literally, so you're just, uh, you're picking these tiles, you're placing them on the board, and then you're just kind of moving up these tracks. And then... That's that's the game. Oh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. okay. Uh, so at some I point, you're going to talk about a game that you enjoyed. Yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> uh, at some point, uh, so Michelle is the one who uh, who brought this game over, and she goes, "Well, Clef, what do you think?" And I said, 
I, I, I do not like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not I'm trying to, once again, it is, there's no player interaction. You are not paying any attention to what anybody else is doing. Um, it, I, you know, and one of her things was, well, everybody, it, it, the game goes quick, no matter how many players, cause we did play with five and yes, it is nice because when everybody's drafting, they're all drafting, you're placing your tile and then, okay. So it can cut them a bit. That's one thing I don't like about games. You know, I, I want some interaction. So I will say this. If you like games that are not heavy in interaction, I think this one, I, I'll tell you, this kind of reminded me of tapestry in a way. Because, okay. you know, it was the, you're doing something and then you're just moving up, moving tracks, up tracks, you know, and that's kind of how I felt like this. Now, I, I think I liked this better than I liked. I remember liking tapestry, but, um, you know, th that's just really kind of all you're doing is just placing tiles. And then at the end of the game, you get points for, you know, completed rows and columns of that you filled in with tiles. And then you get points for how far you made it up on these tracks. And that's all there is to it. And so I guess I was just saying, I mean, I think if you like games where, you know, there's not a lot of player interaction, you can kind of do your own thing. My wife loved this game. All right. So in fact, she's like, yeah, you should get this. And I put my foot down and said, no, I've, I've heard this before. <laughs> I am not buying this game. Uh, but anyways, um, so, uh, you know, Michelle liked it. Uh, another guy we played with liked it. So it, I think if you like that type of game, I think this is a good solid game. If you're the type of person who wants player interaction, tough decisions and stuff. I don't think this game is going to give it to you of what, what you're looking for. So um, for me, it's a hard pass. It's not anything that I'm going to play again. Um, but, you know, uh, that's, you know, so that's what it is there for me. So that is, uh, I keep wanting to call it Forbidden Planet, but I know that's you not do. it. Uh, <laughs> you uh, just like the word unknown. Forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> forbidden. <laughs> uh, planet Unknown. Well, okay, so I, I have to... I have to be honest, we didn't even talk about this, but I would really like to do a super quick Kickstarter corner because... <laughs> Whoa, that is not in the show notes, Chad. I know, I know, I know, I know. But but first of all, I, it's just not an episode to me if we can't listen to that music. <laughs> and second of all, I just really want to talk about it super quick. Should we allow it, Richie? I mean, I guess so. I mean... I, you know, I could just put the music in at any point in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how I come really there's no we had to draft how music every episode? How come there's somewhere? no chat in this episode, but there's like that Kickstarter music for like 20 minutes? Oh, yeah. Like, really, you know, Richie, anytime has all the power. you talk, yeah. I'll just play the music. <laughs> uh, all right, well, here we go. So this game, I don't I don't know a whole lot about it, but it is on Neither Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. It is called Paradox Initiative. And everybody's talking about it. You know, it's one of those blast things where all the content creators are are talking about it. It looks like it, it has some card drafting. It's from Elf Elf Creek Games. It has some card drafting in it. It has some kind of pattern building or or you know, almost some abstract design because you're kind of creating these little paradoxes and and links across the board it looks like. You're kind of trying to um, complete or compete to connect these strands of space-time so that you connect worlds and stuff like that. 
uh, it, it looks interesting. It looks interesting. It's from Elf Creek Games, and um, they've done like Honey Buzz and Merchants of the Dark Road, I think, which people have seemed to like, though I haven't played. But here's what is fascinating to me. First of all, the Deluxe Edition has these really neat-looking clay composite chips that you're going to fiddle with a whole bunch. But also, listen to this, okay? So you're trying to connect these different worlds, right? And here are the world's... Each world is designed by a different artist. I think Vincent Dutre is doing, you know, kind of the overall look of the game. But listen to this. Andrew Bosley, he's doing one. David Cochard, who did uh, Dungeon Pets, and I love his art. Michael Menzel, very famous, right? Uh, Beth Sobel, uh, awesome stuff Beth does. Anne Heidsick, uh, she's done, I think, Tapestry and Picture Perfect. That's some of her art. Uh, the Misho. Or, you know, uh, somebody just told me it was the Misho instead of the Miko. But anyway, um, and then Manny Tremblay, who's done uh, uh, Radlands and some of the Roxley games. Um, then there's uh, Jackie Davis. She has done um, Red Rising and some of those. There is Clemens Franz, Ryan Locat, Ian O'Toole. I was about to say, I mean, he's got to say Ian yeah. Thomas, right? Ian O'Toole, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to strike it from my list otherwise. <laughs> Quan Chai Moria, Mr. Cuttington, Naid. Uh, okay, okay, we get it. Isn't that Lots amazing? Huge I mean, I mean look at those artists. That, that art budget. I know, right? Outrageous. Right. Wow. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if you if there was a coffee table book that costs probably what this game yeah. costs, I, I would put it on my coffee table because mm -hmm. I love these artists. So I would just say to our looks cool. to our punch bunch, like, you know, just check it out. That, that's that's what I would do. You, you can kind of see from the mechanisms if it's something that uh, you might like. But there's a deluxe edition, I think, is uh, 69. Uh, and then the it looks like the regular standard edition is, is 30, 39. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by the I mean, time they have, they have Vincent Dutrait's name larger than the game name. I know, right? On the, on the Kickstarter. That's right. So. so by the time this episode drops, there's going to be probably about nine days left in the campaign. So I would, I would encourage you to at least check it out. I, I, obviously, you know, you want it to be something that you're excited to play, but wow. I mean, just that is like an all-star lineup. I, I can't think of anybody who is omitted that I wouldn't want to see in that in that game. So Hey, and they've got uh, neoprene mats. Yeah. So, you already you bought it? So, <laughs> <laughs> ching! <laughs> I may look into this one just a little bit more. <laughs> well, so Punch Punchers, check it out. That is Paradox Initiative on the Kickstarter. All right. So I think probably now, I mean, Jed, nothing else that you want to jump in with. You're good. You're good. Uh, I think we're on to a mailbag. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. You know, there's so many games. I walk into the store and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm overwhelmed. And then they're just kind of stacks on stacks. It's kind of a mess. I, hey, I I'm going to tell you what to do. All what? right. You should go to Hobby Town in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know why? Why? Because they have a great staff there that's going to help you pick out a game. So they'll help me choose a game that's right for me and my family? Absolutely. You go in there, you kind of tell them maybe what you're interested in. All their staff is very well knowledgeable about games and they can pick out different ones. 
They can make suggestions. And you know what? If they don't have it, you know what they'll do? What? They will order it for you and get it, and it doesn't cost you any shipping. That's big in today's world. You got two locations in, in Lincoln, Nebraska that you can go and go get all that great help from their great staff. All right, so we got a question uh, from Jamie Roof, and it is inspired by his recent uh, by the recent board game co video on this topic. What are ten games you'd remove from the BGG top one hundred? Wow, Clef, I'm sure you could find fifty. I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Um. Well, okay. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to go with naming specific games, but I'm going to give a couple of things that I personally think, and and then I'm going to say. Really, it doesn't matter because it's just an arbitrary list of, of you know, popularity votes. But anyway, sure. but I'll, here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I think they need to do something with like through the ages and through the ages of new all civilization. The duplicates. Somehow yeah. they need to, you know, because if I was a new person to board gaming and I was going through and looking at that, I'd be like, what is going on there? Why is that like a sequel or was that a different game? You know, why, why is it? And Yes, I realize it is an update, but it's, you know, it's basically still the same game. So to me, somehow you've got to combine those to me somehow. I don't know how. That's hard. I, 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 I agree with you. But like, what but do you I, do with PAX, like PAX, uh, what is it? PAX Premier first and second edition, which some people really. Great well, question. Yeah, they think it's. But first you know, edition so. doesn't have a chance of getting up there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the Twilight Imperium third and fourth yeah. edition should just. I would just say thing. Twilight Imperium. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's for sure because they then, keep making it better, right? But then I say that and then I think, well, but then do you say the same thing about brass? I mean, some people yeah, would think yeah. that that is an think, absolute. Oh, between brass and Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. They should be combined. I can wow. buy. Wow. Throwing it out there. Combined. Throwing it out there. Okay. Are we um, combine them on our top 10? We do. I would agree. Well, not Chad, but I would agree. we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> I did once. We've separated them at points. I don't know. Um, so, but I, how you do it, I don't know. But I wish that that was some way that they could do something there because I, I would like that a little bit cleaned up. Um, second one, I'm, I'm going to throw this out here and say, I wish that maybe how do i put this almost that there's got to be a little bit of a waiting period before you can move in like before you actually have a, a ratings to be able yeah, there has to be a time before you actually get in there let's be honest right now arc nova <laughs> is at 33 and how many people have played this game you know it's not even as we said it's not even completely out there People have barely, and some people are probably rating it just because they hear, oh my God, it's a great game. And they just, they're rating it. Yeah. Richie's mom uh, rated it last exactly, week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just almost wish maybe there should be like a, you got to wait a year before you can move on to there or something. Mm. I don't know. I'm throwing out crazy thoughts right now. <laughs> I'm throwing out crazy thoughts that people know. will complain about me on Facebook. Well. On, all right. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I get it. I, I certainly don't think you should be able to rate something before it's out in physical form just because i i know well, i know they, they have something in place because they've talked about that like yeah. if there's like a controversy with the game you know some people will just go and start rating it a one right and i know right. he hasn't said exactly what it is but there is measures in some place that of, remove those extreme ratings especially yeah. like before the game's even out right so i don't know that makes sense to yeah. me. okay uh, um other than that i mean 
I, I think I'm fine with what it is. I mean, it's, it certainly is to me. It's, it's a very eclectic list. I mean, you've got things from Gloomhaven to brass to food chain magnate. I mean, I think all the games are represented on there. I don't know if there would necessarily, I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't care about, you know, Oh, some of the games that, you know, I, I can't even name them cause I don't know them, but you know, uh, mansions of madness, uh, something on those lines, you know, I mean, sure. I would take that out of the top 100 because I don't like it, but that would be my own personal. And once again, that's my top 10. So I'm more than happy with how they do it. I don't think anything is ever going to be a perfect system. Um, you know, quite honestly, I think they need to fix their weight rating scale more than they need to fix the other thing. Because that thing is that You thing bring is the ridiculous. Arc Nova down yeah. a few yeah. notches. Yeah, yeah. Clef, that, that, Clef, wants to be on, Clef wants to be on a committee for weight ratings. I would love to. Please, call me up. I mean, you can. You, know, you go so, in and just rate so, every all your games. You know, I mean, there are people that have rated Candyland a five, you know, mm-hmm. and there's people that have rated Advanced Squad Leader a one. You know, I mean, get out of here. You know, there's there's got to be some sort of, uh, I, I don't know, uh, that is, but, anyways, but it's, it's, it's still subjective but, though. Yes. Cause it is. If, if someone, uh, that's all they play is advanced squad leader. Then it may seem like a light game to them by the right. way. Uh, I agree. And that's, uh, and obviously that's, you know, to some, and it's just, you said, you know, Manny Patinkin, I mean, wingspan might be a five it, and, you know, obviously to a gamer like us, you know, it's a one. You if know? you play a board game a week <laughs> well, or you know one board game <laughs> a month yeah. versus like a board yeah. game almost every day, it's yeah. a, it's a different thing. It just yeah. is a different thing. You get better at it. You know, yeah. it, I, you're going to open up a Euro rule book. And, and understand the game in, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you know, yeah. with, without much problem because things are so similar from, you know, I, I can, and, and in fact, this is probably why sometimes I get rules wrong is because I'll be reading it and I'll be like, oh, okay, I understand that because I'll think I understood what it said because of whatever else. And then that's where maybe I'll miss a rule because mm. I don't fully read a rule book. Um, I think we're off on a tangent on the actual question. Here, so <laughs> well, Richie, do you have any you thoughts moving. on it? Uh, going through here, the only thing that stands out to me that to, to me is a slightly questionable is Cascadia. I like Cascadia, but do yeah. I think it's a top 100 game? That seems 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 oddly out of place to me on this list. Uh, I'm fine with Ark Nova being up there. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it up that high, but it's a, a game that has created so much buzz and so much. It is. It's about buzz right yeah. now, for sure. So, I mean, I'm fine with that. But Cascadia, yeah. look, yeah, I don't know. That's, it's just because people are rating games that they're playing right now, or they're excited sure. to rate games that they're they're playing right now. That's what's sure. hard, hard to, sure. you know, nobody goes, oh, my gosh, have you heard of this game, Puerto Rico? I got to rate it right now. You yeah, know, it's very it true. It just doesn't you know? happen. And obviously, a lot of people are saying, you know, Arc Nova has a lot of similarities to Terraforming Mars, and obviously Terraforming Mars is... You know, very high. I, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Certainly in the top five or something, I think. Sure. I, yeah. Number five. I, I don't look very. Just uh, got passed uh, by Gloomhaven so, Jaws of the Lion. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, and obviously, Gloomhaven is a very popular game. So mm-hmm. that's why that is certainly going to be up there. Yeah. But that's that's a good one. I mean, I think you could combine the Gloomhavens, for for example, things yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, Frosthaven's probably going to also end up like in the top five. Right. <laughs> and, and you're going to have so three Gloomhaven games in the top five. You might even have basically similar. Yeah. You might even have a Frosthaven Jaws of the Wildebeest thing because, <laughs> I mean, no, because I heard actually, I, I can't remember where I heard this. It could be Blue Pig, Pink Pig, but they were talking about the fact that, um, that, uh, that the reason that Jaws of the Lion exists is because that had to be a specific price point. 
Like they were like, we would love to carry Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. but we only will do it at this price point. Yeah. So then he made it happen that way. Well, and they now were, Frosthaven's going to be two fifty. Right. So, exactly. So yeah, you're definitely going to have a smaller box. That's that. why Ares Expedition exists supposedly is because they said to Stronghold Games, "Sure, we'll carry Terraforming Mars. Do you have a forty dollar edition?" You know, and uh, they were like, "No, we cannot produce this for forty dollars." So here's the card game. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, it's it's fun to think about and interesting. I think you can't take these things too seriously. I just like getting on uh, BGG sometimes and looking at the hotness, you know, just like what pops up, what's on people's radar, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was a I cannot remember. I'll, I'll try to track it down. And if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But there was a, a video it was on YouTube where someone had like done like a timeline of the BGG top 100 from the start of it, you know, till now. And doing like showing where the games are going up and down, like just over the stretch oh, of time, and that yeah. was interesting. Oh, uh, that was very cool to look at. I'll, I'll, I'll try to track that down. I, w- you know, because I, I watch the there's these YouTube videos that have that all the time on different yes. things like you know home runs in baseball history, things like mm-hmm. that. Those are cool to watch. I'd love to see one on board game. Uh, top 100 games, yeah. Well, regardless, I thought that was a, a pretty good question by Jamie. And Jamie, uh, if you're listening to this, when you're listening to it, our thoughts are with you. Hopefully you have finished your dissertation and uh, you're yeah. ready to play mm-hmm. some games because we've been thinking about you. And uh, we've had a lot on the Slack lately from the mailbag. But just so everybody knows, if you're not on our Slack, which there are plenty of people who listen and aren't, you can always send us a question at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. Please do. We love uh, getting questions and interacting. So. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, we got some new patrons. We do. Much, much thanks to Monica Wickman and Adam Gettings, our newest patrons of the group. We always, always, always appreciate your support. Uh, The reason this thing keeps going like it does is because of community. Uh, We do board games because we like the community and we like having this podcast because we have community kind of all over the world at this point. So we really appreciate your support at Adam and Monica. Thank you so much. And thanks to all those people that, you know, we realize that not everybody can. These are crazy times and uh, our thoughts are with you if you are struggling in any way. But we do appreciate even retweets, talking to your friends about it, uh, ratings uh, and reviews on the podcast. So thank you so, so much. Uh, And incidentally, uh, our friend Ryan brought this up on our Slack the other day. The Golden Geek Award is up for nomination. So if you feel so inclined and and think it's worth your time, we would love to have your nomination for uh, one of those podcasts uh, on the Golden Geek. And that's at uh, BoardGameGeek.com. So if if you're ever frequenting that, please go ahead and give us a vote. In fact, maybe Richie will throw it into the uh, show notes. Throw a link in the show notes. Yeah, throw a link in there. Regardless, thanks, community. Yep. We appreciate you. And uh, thanks to Adam and Monica. Uh, speaking of that, real quick, I'm going to just give a quick update on um, a little thing that we have coming up called uh, PPCon. Have you heard of this? Uh, I think I, I have. have. Okay. It is go time, guys. It is less than six weeks away. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I've, I've, I've got so much to do. Uh, Andrew from the 18XX Des Moines Con, he, yeah. he, he emailed me. He said, hey, just try to don't don't get too stressed and i'm like well, i don't know if that's going to be possible <laughs> might be a little here. late yeah, for that. it might be a little late but <laughs> cuz um, he knows about so, kind of running right yeah. exactly you know so i'm but i got a, i got a lot lot to do uh but you know it's coming along we've got the 
spreadsheet is out Mm -hmm. for people to go and look at what games we are going to be bringing to pick what kind of uh, what favorite games or what games they would like to play while they're there. Yeah. Request any games. And then you can also, you know, we've, uh, we had some requests. We had somebody who said, Hey, are you going to have a copy of weather machine? I said, I don't know. Maybe we might, I can't say yes or no to that yet. Um, Somebody uh, asked if we would have a copy of the Madeira expanson. <laughs> Smart Alex. <laughs> hey, you know, Thanks, Dan Smith. <laughs> you know who does have a copy of Weather Machine? Michelle. Michelle. Yes. So, I, I, so I, what I, you need to do is talk to Missy, your wife. Here's what I'm saying. I think it will be there. It we won't just be, can't, we can't guarantee it. Right. right and I, it won't be part of the uh, PPCom yeah, library, 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 but I, I think Michelle will bring that, and I think she'd be more than happy to uh, teach and play with people. So, um, But I can't guarantee it. But anyways, PPCon is upcoming. Uh, we've got you know tons of people signed up. I'm so excited. But if you a, still- A potential yeah. hamburger tour of Omaha as well. Oh. <laughs> that's right. I'm kind of- Are you excited? That's-, that's that's, gone up my list of uh, things I'm we're anticipating. Gonna have, we're going to have to figure this. that out. So, because uh, we got a few people that are flying in on Wednesday night. Oh, nice. So, that's when we're going to be doing our little, uh, yeah, okay. our All burger right. tour, tour. I don't know how we're going to do this, considering they're like half hour away from each other, but I don't know. You don't need to go out to Stella. Stella's is so. good, but it's not worth the drive. Oh, hey, now. Oh, they hey. were one of the top ones. I mean, Block, is it Block 16? Block 16, yeah. Block 16 is the best yeah, in okay. Omaha. Yeah, okay. In Omaha. Well, that's not really Omaha. And then, it's like, I don't know where it's at. But it's, it's, not, it's, it's downtown Omaha. It's downtown <laughs> Omaha. Like how more it's like a half hour away. I don't count it. <laughs> uh, We're not really in Omaha. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to have to, somebody's going to have to drive and get one from Stella. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Somebody no, will get we, one there. We, and we, we, we just we, pile up in a car and we, we just start hitting spots. And we just, maybe you just have like a, we split a burger, you know, like somehow. Maybe you just order don't. some of them and cut them down the middle. Like, like, yeah. uh, you know, Edwards from Heavy Cardboard, he liked oh. the peanut butter and jalapeno one from, from yeah, Stella's. Yeah, we can do that. And then you can get a Stellinator with the egg on it, you know, and all that good stuff. I like what. Nonetheless, we're going to eat a lot of burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to be a good time. If <laughs> yeah. you have any questions yeah. or you're still on the fence, please email us. Let us know. You know, it's it's going to be great. Yep, absolutely. We're also doing Great Plains Game Festival. Yes. All right. Cannot so, wait. Yeah. So that is going to be at the end of April. So April uh, 29th, 30th, and May 1st, uh, we will be at the Lancaster uh, Event Center in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, we will be kind of doing some uh, different things there. We'll be hanging out. We'll be uh, doing, we'll record a podcast while we're there at some point. Um, we might have some special guests. Um, I don't know. Who knows? We might, I don't know. We, I don't. I can't even say what we're going to do. It's going to be crazy. Um <laughs> Uh, Chad and Rich are looking at me going, oh, I mean, really? This is the first we've, we were hearing <laughs> right. about the podcast hey, part of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that wasn't in the show notes All right. either. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I just threw it out there. Yeah, there um, and then, uh, but we're also, we're going to have a table that we're going to be able to kind of have a uh, game set up. So come over so you can play some games with us. Um, you know, anybody, we'd love to have you come out. And even if you just want to stop by and say hi. And ooh, we got the special uh, limited edition, only time ever, 
uh, <laughs> buttons that we got, little little pin buttons. Yes, <laughs> you will never so, see these again. Never see them again. <laughs> it's like a postage stamp. It's going to be rare. That's yes. <laughs> Don't ask how. Uh, yeah, just, it's not because they're it's not because they're upside down or anything. It's no, just, no, it's no, just, no, it's just a very unique it's, logo. Uh, it, it, was, it was an old logo. Cliff thought it was the the uh, current one and uh, screwed it up. So that's okay. Yeah, so, no, I mean, it's all right. It's got it's, booty on I, it. So yeah, it's got some I mean, booty on it. Yeah. It is the new logo. Just yeah. a little extra flair. Yeah. That's all. So yeah. So uh, I don't know. Maybe you'll say, "Hey, you like it better?" And then maybe yeah. we'll. Yeah. You know, hey. So then it'll be it's flair. Anyways. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So stop by. Um, there's still. I know there's still plenty of tickets available. It's a great con. There's. Uh, you get some uh, free games for registering. It's going to have a great library. It's. It's. It's really going to be a great time. Great Plains Game Festival, like in Nebraska. I think that means it's time for our future. Our future, <laughs> our future review. Okay, let's oh, skip it's forward in the yeah. future. Our future review is uh, uh, now. No, no, now. Okay. <laughs> no, right now. There was a hush over the land. All you could see was tumbleweeds for miles. The wind blew across and the dust kicked up. This looks like a place we could make into a great town. Look at this beautiful lake running right down over here. This could bring everything we need. Wow, that was that was really powerful and understated. I'm I, that was that was probably your best <laughs> acting yet. That that should go I on mean, your uh, audiobook yeah, reel. Hey, that was off the cuff. I didn't practice work. I I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk a little bit about Alex. Alex Fister's Alex. Sure, we're we're tight with him. Yeah, Alex Fister. Uh, Good old. uh, Yeah, Boone Lake. Uh, Boone Lake is, and it's from Capstone Games. Um, Boone Lake is a one to four player game. Um, Probably plays in, I would say, about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, it is a Euro game. So you're definitely going to be, um, looking to score the most victory points. Basically on your turn, you are going to be taking one of seven different actions as, as a tile. Uh, you'll pick that tile out of a little, uh, kind of a display area that you pull. You'll then choose to do whatever the action is always going to, most of the time is going to start off by you being able to play one of the cards from your hand. You have a, a hand of cards and these cards will do different things by increasing different tracks or getting you points or doing different things or making you money when you do other things. When you And then every one of them then will have a main action that you alone get to do. And then there's going to be a secondary action that you get to do, but then everybody else also has an opportunity to do that secondary action or most of the time, or they could play a card if they chose to not to do that secondary action. Um, after you get done with your actions, uh, then you have wherever you pulled that tile from, it will tell you how many spaces down the river that you can go. Um, so let's say you pulled it from the three spot. That means you can either go one, two or three spots down this river. And the river is kind of how determines the length of the game. If you've got somebody kind of, you know, running down that river fast, it's going to be quicker. Or if you keep going slow, it's obviously can take a longer. So, so that's just kind of the difference in the length of the game. Um, the actions kind of just revolve around placing out tiles to build up the, the town, uh, putting out cows into pastures, 
uh, then building, uh, kind of putting settlers into an area, then you turn them into housing developments and then eventually into settlements. Um, you know, at that point, like I said, it's just a lot of different Euro-y type of functions that I don't want to go into every like a detail of it, but that's basically kind of what it is. Uh, the main thing I would say is you're trying to complete these cards. That's really the main engine in this game. And like I said, the cards are going to have things that will give you like in-game victory points, might give you instant abilities, or it might give you an ongoing ability. So like I said, every time that you play a cow, you'd get, you know, a couple bucks or things like that. And so you really are building a tableau of cards that kind of drive it. So um, after it, it plays what is called two rounds, but each round has like an intermediate round. So really, I kind of say it's like four rounds is really what it kind of feels like. Um, after the fourth round is triggered, uh, you go to the end of the game. And like I said, most victory points wins. And the intermittent rounds are scoring rounds. So basically, you're going to score for each. Every yeah, you know, Like I said, I mean, honestly, I don't know. It's, it's really just four rounds because it's really. But I guess at the end of a, there's some other small things that you do at the actual end of a round as opposed to at the, the intermediate scoring. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So that is, uh, Moon Lake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk art and components and rule book presentation. I like it. I think it's, I like the art. It's, it's functional. And I mean, that's for me, that's what I want out of a Euro game. The icons are a little bit overwhelming at first for sure, because there are so many of them. But, uh, once you kind of understand it, I think it's, 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 it's well done there. Rule book for me. Top notch. I mean, I pulled it out, read through the rule book, had absolutely no problem understanding, you know, pretty much how to play the game without much question at all. Uh, I think they did a very, very good job with the rule book. I would say that even for the most part, the solo rules were pretty well laid out as well. Okay. So uh, that goes for for that as well. I thought the art style was fine. It's Clemens Franz. Uh, mm -hmm. The card art was a little bit, you know, kind of craggier. It was a little bit different than his... His normal, what's crack here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just the faces were a little rougher, right? Like the the okay. they looked oh, a little more okay. rough and tumble. It very much reminded me. Uh, what's the the llama game that after Orleans? Oh, uh, Altaplano. Altaplano. Yeah. Remind me of that art yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, a little blockier faces yeah. and shapes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing about this, and we'll, we can kind of talk about it. I mean, he's gotten some blowback for some of his themes, which is definitely understandable with uh, games like uh, Mombasa, for sure. But he set this in sort of a, I mean, you can see the Boone Lake. It's got that uh, kind of circuitry board stuff on the letters. It's kind of suggesting like, this is not anywhere near Earth. This is another <laughs> planet that never had any sort of uh, oppression of people or uh, taking land away from other people that were already there. This is a settled a planet. brand new frontier. Far, far away. In a and, galaxy. And honestly, oh. I mean, the game is pretty devoid of theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, like, it feels I think like I've it. asked several times what the theme of this game is, and I... I got a lot more out of your yeah, intro well, here. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> if you would have asked me before we started doing this review, I could not have told you what the theme was. It does not come through. I will say the the production on this game is actually pretty good. I I mean, you've got a ton of cards, and then you've got an inset uh, player board. So they've done what Praga Kaput Regni did, which is to have basically 
instead of a dial that clanks in and, and clips the two together, they've got this double-sided tape on there, which is really cool. And so you're taping the action selection board together, and then you're taping the player board together, which is really nice because yeah. th- one of the things that I think uh, Fister often does this in his games where you get to – he doesn't do player powers Rather, he lets you upgrade your board so as you go, you're going to be different from somebody else often. And this has a lever system on it. So you can power up your board to have different levers, literally levers that you're pulling to get different abilities. And uh, so you're going to be doing that. So you're sliding these levers down on your board, and those are inset, and they're really nice uh, and functional. No, I would agree. They did a nice job with those boards. Nice, chunky wooden pieces. Yeah, the production's good. Yeah. 100%. Let's talk about the the meat of it, the gameplay. Uh, Gameplay-wise, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's hard not to compare it to his other designs, but you you get the feels of, you know, Maracaibo, Great Western Trail. Those definitely stand out to me Mm -hmm. Uh, as far as like the card play and, I mean, even moving up your boats in Maracaibo and then just that, that race feel that you get in Great Western Trail. After you've played a few of Fister's games, you kind of start to understand his philosophy uh, in so much as he likes to give agency to the players about when the game ends, basically, you know, so there's that where you could rush end game or, you know, you're really concentrating on how much the other players are pushing and and what you want to do there. And like I said, upgrading your board, giving you opportunities to have your own unique, uh, unique thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was interesting here is he gives uh, he gives that sort of positive interaction in the game uh, that he hasn't had before with that action selection mechanism where I choose something and then Clef, you get to follow with a secondary action, which mm-hmm. I think yep. is a little bit different from his games, which yeah. can feel mm-hmm. good. But I would say in the first couple plays, if you play with four players, it can get long because everybody gets go around the table after an action. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. so I think... Um, my very first play, which wasn't with you guys, was kind of a negative experience, and I only played it two player. Um, but it was it was uh, slow, and we were learning the game, but also that follow mechanism and just deciding what to do. But I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But it was it was interesting. I think at your first few plays of that, it can feel long, especially with a larger player count and doing those follow actions. No, I I remember when you first had played it and you kind of were like, Ugh, and I was like, Oh no, man, <laughs> because uh, let's be honest. I mean, the past couple of fisters have not been what I would hope for, you know, between cloud age and uh, expedition to Newdale just weren't really what I'm looking for out of fister. I feel like this game is more what I'm looking for out of fister. It gives me the same type of you know feels that i do get from you know the great western trails and the mumbasa and the and the uh and the maracaibo so um i I feel like there's a lot of a decision make decision making and i feel like there's a decent amount of player interaction in the game of choosing which tile you're going to choose and i the follow action i think is probably what i enjoy the most about this game because you have to yes it can feel good but there can be the times where like somebody takes the uh, pasture action and then it's like, okay, do you want to put a cow out? And you're like, crap, I don't have enough Can't. people yeah. to put out a cow. So I just lost that action. So there is where I find it very interesting. You can actually, you know, and I haven't even played it. I mean, I've played it like seven or eight times and I haven't even gotten to the point yet where I may be like, oh, I look and see, oh, you mm-hmm. two don't have any. So I'm going to maybe take the pasture action, even since maybe it might be not as move up as far on the boat or whatever, but just because I know you guys can't follow that action. So I think that's 
really interesting. And, I, and you know, I, I think that was a stellar move on his part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. say, the, I mean, the action selection is definitely my favorite part in the game. Uh, and I, I mean, I wish I that was in more games, you know, like Puerto Rico. It just seems like, yeah. you know, having someone pick the action, they get, you know, a more of the action. Yeah, a little bit better yeah. action, but everyone else still gets to do the action as well. Yeah. And then, like I said, trying to time it out so that it's not as good for y- your opponents. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about that action selection a little bit, was there ever a time where you guys picked a, a negative uh, space action where, like, you. Uh, one of those spaces where you didn't get to move forward and you had to pay, what was it, a point, I think, if you take the lowest rung uh, or a coin you, or something? You still get to move forward. You still get one spot, but you lose a victory point right. or you lose three victory points yeah. if it was the last one just taken. Um, I personally have not. I have seen people do it. So I've hmm. seen, uh, I mean, a couple of times, actually. I think in the two-player game I played with uh, Brian, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Brian, he took it a couple of times. Where Did it end up... So working out for him we we tied okay so i mean i think you know i would say that it must have benefited him and uh yeah unfortunately there is uh there's no tiebreaker no tiebreaker in the game so as uh that's kind of normal for fister isn't it i don't think he usually has tiebreakers maybe he doesn't i I don't know i don't think there's one in great western trail i'm pretty Hmm. sure there's no tiebreaker in great western trail so um yeah so I, i think it can be beneficial if you you know, if you use it in the right spot, you know, and you really need that type of action. And once again, especially if maybe, you know, oh, the other person can't follow, uh, you know, very well, it could be, you know, still good to use it. Yeah. So I felt like this game had most in common with Maracaibo. Uh, they're certainly his greatest hits, like uh, Richie said, but the, the biggest feeling felt like Maracaibo to me. What did what did you guys think, and how did it differ in in good ways and in not so good ways? I mean, the one good way is that you just shuffle the deck and go. Well, the uh, different than Maracaibo, <laughs> yes, yes, so yes, setup. Maracaibo, setup is much when you're sitting there and you're like, like, okay, like, and then you got to look at the different the colored cards, and, and mm-hmm. oh, what card are you putting in, and this and yeah. that. Yeah, that can take forever. Yes, in this boy, you just shuffle and you go. That right. is that is spectacular. Um, so certainly similarities in the fact that you are playing cards from your hand and playing them into a tableau. And then they help you, you know, have better actions and, and get different things or whatever. So I would definitely say definitely there, there is an aspect of it. Um, there is also the aspect, obviously that you're going down the river type of thing to, and that's how, you know, you score rounds, but you could also say that's similar to great Western trail where you're going from, you know, Texas to Kansas city or whatever to trigger, uh, kind of a round type of thing. So um, I would agree with you. I mean, if you had to pin me down and say, what is this most similar to? I would say Mario Kaibo. One thing that's interesting too, is you, when somebody triggers that intermediate scoring or the round rounds, like what you talked about in Boone Lake, uh, you kind of keep going through after that. And that the person's boats who are farther up the locks just keep kind of traveling. Whereas in right. Maracaibo, everybody just goes back to the beginning right? and you might miss whatever action you were planning to do. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is true. And, and I kind of, well, that's one thing I like about this game is even when you get to those intermediate scorings, you do a few things, but then you just, okay, next person yeah, you go, right you don't have a whole round reset and this or that. You're just, okay. You know, and as you said, you could have somebody that's 10, 15 spaces out in front of you and it doesn't necessarily make as big a difference, even since there are better bonuses 
further down the river. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, but not maybe enough that makes a big enough difference. If you, I mean, if you're going slow and somebody else is going fast, it's not a detriment to you, you know, to be going slower where if you're going slower in Maracaibo, it sometimes can be a detriment because you're not reaching maybe some of those other places that maybe you'd want to go to. Well, so I don't know. I, in my experience, and I play the solo game a couple of times. So if you're a solo player, you like playing uh, solo games once in a while as well. Uh, the solo game, and this is intriguing, there is certainly some setup. It's not like easy peasy uh, setup, but it it's not horrible. Uh, you mostly are setting it up like a, another game. And one of the player boards, you flip it over and uh, use that side for what, what you're doing. But what I would say is that the, the solo game taught me how the game was meant to be played, I think, because the solo player that you're playing against is really pushing the end game and is taking a lot, uh, is really pushing down the river. And so after I played that game, my first game that took us forever long, uh, we I scored, I think I had a score in like the 280s, um, which was a, a lot. You can still do that because um, this is points, 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 points in this game. But uh, I think that this game wants to be played faster than that. And I think that's where the best experiences are at because... I I played more games where I didn't take anything less than like three sometimes, maybe a two, but usually a three or a four action as much as possible. And that kind of pushes things a little bit more and speeds the game up. And I think it makes sense being played that way because the intermediate scoring game tiles that you place out in the middle of uh, right before you set up the game we were thinking this seems easy. Why is this a big deal? But then when you start pushing the game and going faster, you don't have an opportunity to be scoring everything down there. And you don't have an opportunity to be focusing on all those different things. And it starts to make sense why that get, got put in the game a little bit more after, after I understood that. Uh, I, I totally agree with you because I felt the same way when I first played the first few times, I was like, these things are so easy. You have so much time to do them. And they're, they're just basically kind of a, you know, uh, either have certain number of people in each region or maybe, you know, turn in some goods, you know, some things. And I was like, this is no problem. But the last couple of games I've played where now we've started to get better at it and we have been pushing the game a little bit more. Uh, I think the last two times I've played, I've missed one or maybe two of the things down there. And, you know, you lose points. Not only do you not gain points, so it's a double whammy. You lose points. And I do think that it can be affected by the speed of the game. Um, I know I talked to, uh, uh, you know, our good friend Joe Farrell, and he said he talked to somebody who's played the game like 60 plus times now. And he said, yeah, those things are huge because you can really push it and, you know, make somebody not be able to do one of those things. And that can be in a game where, you know, you're scoring a lot of points, but You've, I, most games I played, we've been pretty close with some of the scores, mm -hmm. so that can make a huge, huge difference. Yeah, so I, I would say if you get this game and you want to understand this game better, it's not a bad idea to pull out the solo game. This is one where getting better at the solo game will, I think, make you better at this game. Richie, what did you think about the cards in this game as opposed to how Fister uses cards uh, in some of his other games? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more random. I mean, it's all random card draws. I, I wouldn't have mine like a 
a tableau out there that you could pull from, like it, in Mario Kaibo. It is kind of strange that there's not that in yeah, this. Well, yeah, well, at least like, you know, three, four cards that you could potentially pick from mm -hmm. instead of just drawing blind. Right. Because uh, that also affects, you know, if you don't have the right cards, you know, it, it will affect as far as what action you pick just because the action you pick was the cards that you can also play down uh, for, you know, the, the first benefit if you're the person choosing it. Right. So that's the, my only hang up with the cards. Other than that, I like the the way that they work as far as the, the different resources that you can control. And, uh, you know, as far as the canoes that you can move down to potentially boost your, your resources and stuff like that. Yeah. And the different powers that are on there are neat and allow you to kind of combo things together. Uh, it's just that randomness that I think I hurts it a little bit. I wonder why, because if you look at every other game, you know, if you look at Great Western Trail, there's obviously, mm -hmm. you know, display of cattle. But if you look at Maracaibo, if you look at, uh, oh, what's the one that Richie gets pissed off at with the water? A Blackout Hong <laughs> yeah. Kong. You know, all those have, you know, tableaus that you can pick from. So that that is odd that there was there's, there's no four cards out there type of thing. I'm wondering if it's just as you said it, that you have a benefit and a drawback. So if you get to have the tableau, maybe it's hard to balance so then you have to tier the cards and then you have to have a longer setup time if you tier the cards that way mm. i i don't know if that's maybe. the case but it, it, you know maybe that's why you know he found in maracaibo you could have this tableau but you have to make sure you balance it out by having certain decks at certain times right. and stuff like that but then so maybe it's that was his answer to to that that was my question as well one thing that i think is is different in maracaibo as well and cliff and i were just talking about this the other day is that in Maracaibo, you just draw up to your hand size, whereas in Boon Lake, you hopefully have moved up the card track, which is one of the tracks you can move up during the game, so that you're getting a good steady card income, because otherwise you can not have cards to play, Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that can definitely mm -hmm. be a problem in this game. And then if you get not very many cards to play and not the right cards, it can get a little bit frustrating. Yeah, you, you definitely have to try to figure out a way to get a card drawing engine in this game because otherwise you get, and sometimes you might go, wow, I got a lot of cards all of a sudden, but they can go really fast because there's a lot of ways to pay cards and, yeah, for and do different, different things in there. Um, and then uh, one of the other things that I think is really cool is the whole lever uh, system, mm -hmm. which is kind of, as Chad was saying, is one of the ways that you, this is how in this game you build your different special player powers by you can purchase these levers and they will have different abilities that you can do. You know, one might give you two bucks and a resource. One might, you know, get you to, you know, be able to place out a tile when you do something. So different things that you can do. And these, they, the levers, you can only use them for the most part once each, like I said, round is what I'll kind of call it, call it. Cause you really got the four rounds. And so like, especially if you can get a couple of those early, those can be really beneficial for you to help kind of drive your game along, but obviously they cost money and in which most of the cards cost money. So it's a, uh, you know, I'll say, I think the game, it's very tight. I mean, it's one moment. It's like, okay, I got enough money. And then next minute it's gone or not enough cowboys now yes, or the, not enough cowboys. And that's a really big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, settlers, I believe is what they're yes, called. Yeah. They're cowboys. Yeah. Well, but, they have um, big hats. Uh, they do have big hats. <laughs> Fester likes the big hat. Right yeah, now. he is. He is. <laughs> uh, well, so how about uh, player count? You've played it probably the most of all of us, Clef. How, how many yeah. player I've count? I've played it at uh, two, three, and four. Um, obviously, I have not played solo, um, but um, I personally thought all three player counts were just fine. Uh, 
four can slow down a little bit because obviously you have to wait for everybody to do the follow action. And I th one of the times I did a four player, you know, I'm teaching, you know, probably three new players. So that certainly can have a little bit of a slowdown. But I think if people knew it, very similar, you know, and obviously this is the same way you'd say about Great Western Trail or Mombasa or any of the others. Uh, once people know it, I don't think player count is going to be an issue for me. I think you can, I think you could burn through this game pretty fast in, in any things. But two, I even thought two was still interesting, you know, kind of, you know, I didn't find anything wrong with two, which to me, I mean, I guess Mombasa, we like it probably the three or the four yeah, as opposed to usually two. But for the most part, uh, most of his games, you know, Mark Ibo and Great Western, I, I like it all player counts. I think he does a good job mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, just, and not really do you do much changes, you know? There's no, no, which I like. Uh, however, real quick, I do not understand this, and maybe somebody can tell me why, but in a two-player game, you put out like five or six tiles to start with on the board. For a three-player game, you put out like two more, and for a four-player game, you put out two more. So then the board gets full faster in a four-player game where you literally all of a sudden don't have places to put tiles out, hmm. and I don't get that. And I've like went back and reread the rule just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. But first, I would think that you'd have more tiles out to start with in a two-player game and then less and less. That I'm, I'm, That's hey, a good question. If somebody wants to email me and tell me what that I'll answer see, is, I would love that. Just so. ask Alex. four-player game, he wanted a tighter should I just, map. But. Should I just uh, just text Alex real quick and yeah, say, hey, I'm just Alex. curious. Uh, <laughs> be like, who the heck is Punchboard Paradise? <laughs> Richie, uh, yeah, is this a damn guy that didn't like the spoiled water? What the <laughs> Uh, Richie, what what uh, counts have you played this at? And, and I played it two and three. Okay, uh, for my games, I ended up picking it up. And I did teach Jessica, and I like I said, I, I like it. Or like Clef said, I like it at at all the player counts that I have played. I haven't played the solo game. I was going to, and then there was just slightly too many rules for my solo games nowadays. I want it like just to play exactly like the base game, and I don't have to change anything. So I this one, it, it didn't look bad, but it looked like it was just a step more than I was willing to do. There are some tiles you have to set up and flip yeah. over and stuff like that. I, I would say, for me, I would say, if you're getting this game, uh, and this will give you a hint, because Clef had the game first. I played it first, but Clef had the game first, and then all of us ended up purchasing it. So that will give you some insight into into our, our, our feelings on the game. But uh, I would say, if you get this game, it's probably best to learn it at two, to hone it at one if you're a solo gamer, and then to me personally, it plays best at three. It hums at three. But if you played a bunch at two, uh, you know, four shouldn't be that bad if, if everybody has played it at two a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's best at three, and I like it at one. So okay. that's my feelings on it. Uh, variability for this. We got a huge stack of cards, gentlemen. I would say the variability is probably a little bit below average is what I would say. Yes, you have a huge stack of cards, but a lot of them are duplicates. Um, and let's be honest, it's a lot of them do, doing the same do the same type yeah. of thing. Um, I don't think, you know, which I would say in most of his games, I don't think there's a lot of variability. I think the game hums good enough that, you know, it doesn't need a lot of variability. It's just kind of straightforward and, and does what it does and yeah that, that's how i would i'd say a little bit below average probably yeah i'm right there below average average somewhere in that that realm now 
So, and I've kind of talked about this. I feel like he, more than some designers, he's, his games are, you have to play a, a little bit sometimes to get all the strategies. I think there are certain levers, certain things where you go, now, why would you want to do that? Or that doesn't seem so great. And then you play it a little bit more and go, oh, okay, I can make this work. Or I figured right. out how to do this strategy, which is nice. The, nowadays, uh, it's it's a it's tough to do and kind of risky as a designer, I think, to do that because if you don't capture a player in the first couple plays or they think it's broken, quote unquote, yeah. you know, uh -huh. then, you know, then that's it. But I appreciate that he does that. And I think this is a game that has that in there. Uh, but so if it's not as variable, why do you think, I mean, we all like the game. Why, why do we come back to it? Like if you said, let's play Boone Lake tonight or you put it on the table, I'd be like, well, okay, sure. Let's yeah. Play. Yeah. Uh, Cause it, there, that is the, the, Two difference, you know, the big difference in what you say variability, and then you say replayability. A game doesn't have to have a bunch of variables to be replayable, because if you continue to evolve and make new strategies and do different things, and the players around you evolve and do different things, uh, to me, I mean, I would almost, you know, I think a game having replayability is much better to me than a game that has a lot of variability, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, you know, an example, and I'm not, no knock on this game, but um, Argent, you know, that game has variability coming out its ears. You know, there's things all over the place, but it's hard to kind of hone in on strategies because there's so much going on. Where something like Boone Lake, where it's just kind of more straight-lined without a lot of fluff going all over the place, gives you a lot more opportunity to get that strategy a la Great Western Trail. Great Western Trail doesn't have a lot of variability, but it has a whole lot of replayability with the, with the strategy going on. All right. Well, uh, should we give our final thoughts after Richie kind of uh, tells what the rating scale for, for Punchboard Paradise usually is? I think it sounds like a wonderful yeah, idea. Let's do it. So in Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale, uh, which if you give a game a one, it's a game that makes you miserable. And if you rate it a six, it's a game that could be in your top ten of all time. All time. Uh, Chad, Chad, you start us off. Well, so uh, like I said, I went on a journey with this game. I got about uh, five or six plays in, a couple of those solo, and and then the two and three player counts. And uh, as I played it more, I came to like it, and there was something I wanted to come back to. Uh, that was why I, I I played the solo game because, as Clef said. I was wanting to make different things work or figure out different strategies. And, you know, the last play that we had, you're talking about playing the, playing the game and playing the players, you know, Richie and I had a really great time taking away the cattle strategy from you and making sure you couldn't do that action when you had the engine to give yourself a bunch of points to do that. That was, mm -hmm. that was kind of fun to do, you know, different, different avenues present themselves. And uh, again, that, that lever thing or the thing that Fister really likes to do where you get to set up your abilities and kind of do stuff that way. That's, that's kind of fun for me as well. So uh, I, I really enjoy that. Now, the one thing that is not as uh, exciting, and I, I, I'm going to talk about it, it, is the card draw, and that's the one knock, the randomness of the card draw. So I do like Maracaibo and the way that Maracaibo does it a little bit better. And so Maracaibo for me was, I think, a five when we rated it a while back. And this gets a really high four, very close to a five but not quite just because of those cards. I still really like this game. I'll be happy to go back to it. And uh, I'm really excited to do m more strategies. I'll probably play the solo game again. I will definitely play it at two and at three. So 
it's a very high four for me, and I'm looking forward to playing it more. Excellent. Right. I'll go next because I'm not too far off from you. Uh, so, yeah, the, the card draw is the biggest knock for me, but I still enjoy the game and I still enjoy just getting that random hand of cards and seeing what I can do with it. Uh, so even though the randomness bothered me a little bit, at the same time, I do enjoy just seeing what I can do in the game as we play it. Other than that, the, it, the thing that hurts this and this really hurts most of his games is the fact that his name's on the box. So then you start comparing it to the you know Great Western Trail and different stuff like that. And I've been playing a lot of Great Western Trail lately. And so that, even though it's unfair, that definitely hurts it when his name is on the box. Ultimately, I'm at like a 4.5, so I'm coming down to the 4. I enjoy the game quite a bit. I picked it up after my plays uh, with Clef and Chad here. And it is a game that I would not turn down. And it will probably end up on you know the best of the year list for me later on it might be a little bit lower on that list but ultimately it's tough when great western trail is also an alexander fister game and this reminds me of it but it's lacking just a little bit compared to it so even though that's unfair i'm giving it a four i i completely understand that with with the way that yeah. again we talked about how it borrows his greatest hits and it really evokes you know a fister feeling but yeah. uh but yeah uh, again four is still a no, darn good score. I would recommend it to anyone. Yep. Unless you're looking for a thematic game. <laughs> sure. Because it, it definitely is not a thematic game. Uh, so I, I remember when I first heard about this game, and then I think, I can't remember if it was Richie or somebody, and somebody said, oh, it's going to be another campaign game, or it might even, maybe at some point we thought it was a co-op or something. I don't know. There was there was some weird talk, and I was like, ah, man, <laughs> I really just would like another good Fister game, you know? And then, of course, Chad comes and says, oh, I played it, and he's like, oh, good. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks, you know? Of course, I bought it. Doesn't matter, you know? I still, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And, um, of course, this, for me, this game arrived the exact same time that Ark Nova did. So I played both of these games, uh, both of those games within days of each other. Okay. So I have, of course, had that right going into it. So I think my expectations were a little bit lower when I first played it. I think it helped um, that I, that I said that I might, didn't might like it that much. So when I first then started to read the rule book and then kind of realized, wait a minute, there's this, there's no campaign in this. There's no, you know, go do the hula hoop and the twisty shout before you play stuff. You know, it's, it's straight. I don't know. That was the stupidest thing I've ever said. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hopefully whoa. Richie cuts that part. Are we, <laughs> we going to draft stupid things that Clef has said? Ooh, I like that idea. Actually. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Mama. Um, okay. Uh, so when I, so when I got into this game and I realized, God, this game is giving me the feels of a great fister now is this a great fister i don't know yet i mean when i first played maracaibo that game was like bam that game is rocking i love it you know i play first played great western trail amazing game mumbasa you know these were games that i knew were great immediately i'm not sure that this one is great but it's damn good and i say solid solid five in fact I might say 5.5 if I was trying to say, you know, where you guys are saying maybe a 4.5. This one, to I me, mean, it's not going to be top 10 of all time. Uh, there's just too many other games that are just, you know, on a different level than it. But as far as a good, solid Euro game goes, 
I think Fister, this is back to Fister being Fister. Mm-hmm. And yes, the card is a little bit, but quite honestly, I almost in a way like the fact that I have to look at my hand and go, what am I going to do with this hand? You know, how am I going to make this work? And quite honestly, you go through cards so fast that I don't necessarily think that the randomness of the cards hurts the game that much. I've never been like a man. I really wish I would have drawn a a blah, blah, blah card. You know, that hasn't at least now maybe I still don't know the game quite as well, but I feel that that that's just part of the strategy of me having to try to, to get in there. So um, I think this is Fister backed to Fister. And this is a very solid five for me. hundred percent. This is, you know, if, if I am, saying games right now. And I don't even know what month we're in April. This is for sure, probably my favorite game of the year so far. I mean, I would, you know, I uh, would say the games that I've played, I really, really like this one. And to me, it is, you know, it's got great player interaction. It's got great strategies and it's got a ton, a ton of replayability. And it's one I'm going to play a lot. I hope some people did did this one get brought to PPCon? Nobody cares about it. They just want to play Ark Nova. I mean, we'll bring it. Yeah. The, the library on PPCon, yeah. there'll be a ton of games there. We'll yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, anybody wants to try this out, I would be more than happy to teach it. I, I really like this game. So there we go. I'd say that's a fair endorsement from the punch borders. That would be a five from Clef and Ooh. two high fours from Chad and Richie. Let's look back on our previous drafts. We've been negligent in updating. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about this because it's not going to be good for me. Uh, But, you know, we talked about some games last time that uh, we were looking forward to, brought up some some things that we hadn't mentioned so much, which was good because uh, Richie got to, you know, play test one of those new games. But Richie, how did we do in our previous two drafts? Well, looking, I might have to break this tie. In the 2017 draft, currently, oh. Chad has 37.7% of the vote. Okay. Clef has 37.7% of the vote, Woo. and I have 24.5% of the vote. Oh, I like this. I like Richie breaking the tie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't even remember what games have <laughs> Uh Clef, you have Merlin on here. Riverboat, Deja Vu, uh, yeah. Ooh, you like, you like Riverboat. Civilization, and New Dawn. Oh, you haven't played that, have you? No, I have not played that oh, yet. But I do you like the card mechanism that Ark uh, Nova yeah, borrowed? Yeah, 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 stole from it. Yeah. Uh, Chad, you took uh, Kalimala, uh, Expanse, Fantasy Realms, and Legacy of Dragonhole. Honestly, I would have to give it to Chad. Sweet, Clef. Uh, that's Merlin, and the fact that you bought the big box, spent like two hundred dollars <laughs> on it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Such a wild pick. <laughs> he's a wild. He's our wild he, he's card. He's our wild, wild card. card. <laughs> so we're gonna say Chad won that one. All right, yay! Now uh, this I next one, Chad, because of the next one, did not win. Oh, so did <laughs> at win. all. Okay, so in the most anticipated, I jumped out to a big lead on this originally, but Clef has chugged back, and he has fifty-one percent of the vote Ooh, for the most anticipated one. That's wow. massive. I, I have 40.8% of the vote. And <laughs> that tells you what you, I got. If you know math, 
Chad doesn't have much <laughs> left to get. There's, and there's not very many percentages no. left. <laughs> and uh, Chad pulling in 8.2% of the vote. Now, to be fair, Chad put rules on himself that no one told him to do. That's true. That's, and that's he, fine. Yeah, but I'm no, okay with that. The whole Kickstarter. He, he drafts he, yeah. Weather Machine that changes yeah. a lot of things. On Yeah, that's oh, true. He destroys us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a flip-flop. Yeah, I don't know if he destroys us, but it definitely pulls a lot of votes. You got... Getting Darwin's Journey and John Company Second Edition, which yeah. two are two games a lot of people are excited about, uh, right? and Lords of Baseball. Me. Let's not forget <laughs> about Lords of Baseball. Here's the thing: a couple of people did talk about it in the comments here. So, Lords of Baseball, even though I made fun of the the, the look of it, which I, it I does also, look terrible, but I also would have talked about Carnegie as well. So, the thing with Carnegie is the fact that it's on BGA, and like I know you didn't play it a lot, Chad, on there, but like Clef and I, when that came out on BGA, I know we played a few games of it. Even after that, I played some more games. So it's almost like it's been out, so I don't even uh, think about it. Okay, yeah. But but it is a good game. Okay, so I don't even remember what we do with that. Does that mean you don't get to go? You we don't never get to came. roll? I thought we said we don't oh, yeah, get to yeah, roll yeah, to go right. first, right? So so next time... Uh, you, you don't get to roll. Yeah, I won't get to roll. Right. How did that... That stinks because we just didn't. Well, we forgot lost. about it. Well, yeah, all, right. all right, let's just go back to the loser has to get a tattoo. All right, Chad, go get a tattoo. <laughs> I'll catch up <laughs> when you start. How about that? <laughs> well, well, we'll remember going forward. All right. How about that? All right, okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay, I think all we have left now to do is uh, go through our, we're continuing our... Our trek down the BGG. Yeah, which, you know, kind of will answer the mailbag questions as we go along, because then we'll, you know, be able to talk about things. We finished with, uh, last time with On Mars at number 55, and so this is number 54, and I want to emphasize, this is like... September of 2021. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, all these games have been pushed is, back. Yeah, by. this is much different, I'm sure. So if you're like, wait a minute, this is not, you know, yeah, this is as of, you know, September of last year, and, and we're just going off of that so that we don't, you know, because obviously otherwise it's it's moving around. I mean, yeah, we talk about Arc Nova you know, five be, times. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number 54 is Azul. Mm, nice. I mean, solid game. It's a good little abstract game. Yep. And of all, because I've, I think I've played all of, or I haven't played the latest one, whatever, the Queen's, Queen's Garden. Garden. Yeah, I haven't played that one. In. I played all the other ones. And honestly, I do like the other ones, but I've gotten rid of them all and just kept regular. Base, as well. huh? Yeah, I think I like the Summer Pavilion one the best. That's yeah, and I would say that I've is kept. my favorite. Yeah, so. But honestly, if you're going to play that game, I'm playing it with new people usually, yeah. or like it's more of a gateway game. So I just play the original. I have Summer pavilion and i have the regular azul and i really i i really like what it does i i can get it out it's really snappy so quick and easy to teach the only thing that people get tripped up on for maybe five seconds is the scoring but it is it's a it's a great little game and uh i you know if i was just going by influence and like how beautiful the the design is i'd probably give it a five but i'm going to give it a four uh you know for my rating of it yeah i'm right there with a four yeah i i I would say the same thing. All right. Next is number 53, The Lost Ruins of Arnak. I've only played this once, and it was online, and it, it was fine. I, I, this is another one that I don't necessarily get all the hype around, except that the year that it came out, there wasn't that much in that year, but it, it's not a bad game. It's, 
good, solid little game. It's by Min and Elwin and CGE Games. And, uh, you know, I've played it a couple times now and I have the expansion, but haven't gotten to play with it. I, I suspect I'm going to like it a lot more with the expansion. Uh, my family likes deck builders, though. This is sort of the deck builder and worker placement hybrid. And uh, I like what it does. It moves pretty quick, in my opinion. It seemed like at first that that research track is really where it's at. But I think you now need to um, kind of subdue the beasts enough um, and kind of manage that as well as move up the track. You, you kind of have to pick and choose your spots. But I do like the expansion that it provides uh, different abilities and different player decks. I like that idea. So... I put it at a four right now and um, with the possibility of it moving up if 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 I like the expansion enough. Hmm. Um, I I played it once and I actually, after the expansion had come out with the player powers and different things and I, pl- I played with it all just because it was, I figured it might be the only time I played with it. Um, uh, very average to me. I didn't find anything to be all that spectacular. It was just okay for me. So I, I, Ugh. I'd I'm, be at a three. I'm probably going to say a two for me. I just, it is not a game that I'm like, Ooh, I want to play again ever. I just wasn't miserable playing it, but I just didn't find it to be all that exciting. So one thing that I would say, uh, if people are, are looking at it though, is that it is not a traditional deck builder in that you're not going to get through your deck that many times in that game. And, uh, the one cool thing is when you buy cards, you're often getting to put them in, into your on on the top of your deck uh and sometimes when you buy a card you can play it immediately depending on what what kind of card it is but it doesn't feel like a traditional deck builder so that takes some getting used to if that's what you were looking for all right number 52 is mr rosenberg and lahav well this is absolutely my number one uh rosenberg game um i enjoy the puzzle of this i am one of the maybe odd people i like it at two player and that's probably just because i played it with my wife like 50 times at two player um i wouldn't even know how to play the game at like four or five players i'd be (laughs) like what the heck is going on i get one action this round um but i absolutely i just think it's a fun game it's definitely one of those games where oh man do i want to come and get this all this great stuff over here do i want to come over here do i want to buy this building and do this it's just all good stuff going on yes you got to feed the people a lot but to me, that's just the mechanism. That's just what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So, And this is one game that Rado just absolutely still does not understand because he played it wrong, and now he just will not admit that he played it wrong. And keeps <laughs> calling out Rado. I'm calling Rado out. He, he always Shots is like, fired. he's uh, like, oh, it's just always better to take loans because loans don't give you penalties. You can't just take loans willy-nilly. You have to only can take a loan if you can't feed the people. And it's not good to do that. You don't want to play it that way. And if he wants to think that he can just take a bunch of loans versus me playing this game, I would destroy him. So be careful. I'm calling him out. Be <laughs> careful on Rado. I will tell you right now, you thought you had problems with Ark Nova. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I still think that, because I remember what, when I first learned how to play this game, I went and watched his rules review. And he was just like, oh, I'll take a loan so I can buy this building, which you cannot do. And so, I mean, he... and. Obviously, he plays games wrong sometimes, and he sure. it just yeah. like we all do or whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyway, so uh, you guys talk. I'm going I'm to <laughs> get us all in trouble. <laughs> uh, it's a good game. This is one where if we ever do the the draft of games that you got rid of and then repurchase, this ah. could be on my list. Because I definitely played it probably too early. 
in my little board game career. Todd Jessica, she hated it. But yes, I've come around on it, played yeah. the app a bunch, and then repurchased it. Nice. So. Rosenberg, I've, uh, there's just a lot of games that I really like of his. The, the, if, if it's a big box game of his, I'm unless it's a a, a reiteration like Reykjavik was of At the Gates of Loyang, I'm I'm probably gonna want to get it. Uh, I just he's a he does some interesting things for me, and this is no different. It's not my favorite because Agricola is my favorite. Maybe if I got more plays of it, it would be. But uh, I, I, it's a little bit of a longer game too, the way that you build your engine. Um, but it's a very good game. I'd probably give it uh, four or five. I'm not sure. Uh, more more plays would be needed probably to give it a five. But it's a good game. Very solid five for me. I mean, probably this was close to my top ten a few years ago back when you know most. So it's probably a top. It's a six euro game. I would say. I was going to so, say yeah. yeah. When you like euros, you <laughs> yeah. put it higher. Yeah, when I like <laughs> euros, yeah. High four for me. All right. Uh, next is number fifty one. Star Wars Imperial Assault. Richie, tell us how much you love the theme in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I did purchase this game. Whoa. Um, and I, I played, I just messed around with it a little bit, but never ended up, I just could not get a group together to play through it. Uh, so it did end up leaving the collection, but I, mean, I, I like the idea behind it. The theme is probably the worst part of it for me, but... <laughs> Wow! Ouch! Isn't this kind Poor of Star Wars. isn't this Descent? It's like Descent, basically? yeah. Okay, but yep. I say that not playing Descent or <laughs> Star Wars. It is like that in that you need to have an Overlord. Uh, my place didn't go well because I played with some you know kind of newer board gamers, and I was kind of the evil Overlord, basically knowing what the Empire was going to do. And it was his husband and wife, and they almost came to blows over it. Just like, <laughs> You're going to do that? Oh look, the door shut on us. Are you happy now? Like, <laughs> it's just pretty funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Chad caused a divorce. <laughs> I, uh, I have never played it. Um, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I just it's not my style of game, so I've never I've never even thought about playing it. Oh, Chad, what's your rating? I'm not going to rate it because I never really got a proper. Play. I will say it's probably a th it's probably a three. You know, maybe a two or a three because I I sold it and I I'd more be interested in painting it at this point now than playing. <laughs> well, it. it's a it's a dead game now too, right? Yeah, they I mean, I don't think that they yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've updated the app or anything like that. So, and finally, number fifty, Clans of Caledonia. Great game. That's um, on my uh, fifty for fifty or whatever I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you're year. doing. Amazing. I mean, I've come to appreciate it more. It, uh, I, as I have always said, for me, this is my number one of this type of game. I mean, I love Gaia Project, but Clans is still just my favorite when it comes to this type of game. I love the early on you're getting the contracts and they're you know they give you money and then they're free but then they start costing and just trying to you know figure out that strategy of how to get your engine running and get those goods it's it's just so well done i mean especially for a first time designer yeah i'm uh, ready for the expansion yeah and i mean i would just want more clans yeah if honestly. anything like, I don't honestly the game else. is probably just perfect yeah just some more yeah. clans would actually be really good so you know i mean it's all scottish maybe the expansion Clef could like do some consulting. <laughs> there could be like German cowboys on that one. I, I think that would be good. You can do if they put it up on Kickstarter. You can do the voiceover. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> they call me. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, this is absolutely uh, all same thing as Lahav. This is a solid, solid five. And Euro wise, this is a six for me. So just as a straight Euro game, I mean, absolutely. We have a separate scale for Euro games. I've decided. I that. thought you would have given it a yeah. six, just <laughs> even on the. 
the normal scale. Yeah, you know you. what? Never mind. It's a solid six. It's 100% <laughs> yeah. six. It's six no matter what. <laughs> Throw that other part out. I want all right. it all edited out. No. Do I get there. your word? No, you don't have my word. <laughs> Sometimes his editing power is too much, Chad, too much. Yeah. But I never want to edit, so it's okay. I, I bet his neck gets tired from how much he shakes his head when he's editing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it depends on the episode. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that whole part about Ben and the Manscaped part just got cut. So, you know, that, you know, that. Yeah, they'll probably be cut. Maybe it might be know, at the end. Maybe it's at the end. I don't know. All right. <laughs> no, but not this part about Clef getting the new. Oh, nickname. no, that will definitely. Yeah, he's going to get a new nickname. I'll probably bump the audio. So so it's a little louder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his new nickname should be on there too. His new nickname, Smooth Nuggets. <laughs> so this is at the end now. It's going to be like 20 minutes at the end. All right. All right. Richie, what do you give this game? I'd give it a five. I, I love it. And I'm, I just hope the expansion comes someday. I feel like I'm crazy, but uh, I mean, I would always rather play Guy Project, but I will give it a five. I've, I'm coming around to it more and more. Oh, nice. Well, that brings us to the end. This is the end. Hopefully y'all got something out of it. Uh, Punch Bunch, it's a crazy world out there. Please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. One of you will be the mortal Mary, and then the other is her ancestor ghost that's trying to take over her body. Oh, I okay? love it. All right. And so the way exactly that the... what you said last time. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I love it. <laughs> that was your exact same yeah. reaction. <laughs> hey, you're consistent, though. Yeah, that's, that's true. key. I, just, I love it. I don't remember it, but I love it. <laughs>